Bills Mafia, was good? This Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious, and you now tuned in to The Lowdown with Jake Jordan. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is the Lowdown, only on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. And if you are tuning in today, then you would know it's been quite a it's it's been a little bit since we've been able to talk to each other. Now, obviously, that's because the Thanksgiving holiday rolled around and being a college student, I can't wheel my whole setup down. I was able to do it over the summer, but that was just because I was going to be gone for a long extended period of time. Again, I hope Thanksgiving was good for everybody, just as good as it was for me. I really hope that everybody got to enjoy the holidays, spend time with family. And if you didn't, I hope that in time, this show will grow to have a family like connection to where you listen every single week. And you'd be able to, you know, feel like you're talking to a friend or someone like that. So if you didn't, have that time to spend with people that maybe you love then maybe you will eventually you know love this podcast the way that i do and the way that i love most people that listen to it now because this podcast if you remember the setup that we do most often is in the first half i talk about things that have happened in the past and then when i talk about the new game usually that's in the second half however this week it's going to be all compiled this first half is going to be my thoughts on the games prior as there are two that we do have to talk about i'm going to go very briefly over those obviously everybody wants to hear about the patriots game and talk about the patriots we shall but I must get some quick thoughts over the games that did happen over the break that we have had from the show. So we'll talk about that. And then after we talk about that, we'll talk about the Patriots. And then in the second half, my brother Adam will be joining us. People who have listened to the show for a while know that in the earlier episodes, I do get my family involved quite a bit. And I am bringing that back because I feel like with a game as monumental as this Patriots game coming up I had to get my brother on because as much as I love talking about it by just over the phone and you know what most Bills fans do where they sit there and they talk to either their friends on the phone or their family and they talk about what the game like basically we sit there and play defensive and offensive coordinator over the phone what do we need to do to do it well me and my brother are going to do that in the second half of this show that you guys will be listening to today but like I said, we must cover the games that did happen. And the one that I want to go over the the most brief is most definitely the Colts game. Uh, I definitely had some problems. That was uh, one of those things that I was kind of really sad that I didn't get to put out my input right after that just because of the holiday. But thank God that game happened in the same week as the Saints game. So it was able to kind of wash that bad taste out of your mouth. But as somebody, you know, as a fan who just looks at it and you go, oh, yeah, whoa, I'm so glad that we got a win. We don't really need to worry all that much about the last game that happened. Well, as somebody who looks into the game indefinitely, it makes me still have worries about this team. And of course, we will talk about that. But in the Colts game, obviously, the Bills get absolutely decimated by the Indianapolis Colts coming into town. And that was a rough 
game to watch. I would not blame most people for saying that they turned the game off either in the middle of the fourth quarter or even before that. And people trying to knock the Bills fans for leaving the stadium. Uh, it was cold. It was raining. Obviously, I don't blame some of those people just trying to beat the traffic to get out of there. But quick thoughts on the game. The defense was very, very soft. That is not apparent. That is not something that we are used to seeing from a Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott defense. It was soft, and they just couldn't win any of their battles. And, of course, you can make the argument that Starla Tulele wasn't playing and, you know, Tremaine Edmonds wasn't playing. I get that. I, I understand that. Uh, but still, it's no excuse for the performance that they put out on the field that day. Uh, one of the things that I also needed to bring up is they were outcoached. Frank Wright, I still don't understand how going into that game, I'm pretty sure any Joe Schmo off the street could have told you that the Indianapolis Colts were going to hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor about 400 million times until you stopped it. And the Buffalo Bills did not. They did not try to stop it at all. They did not run three linebackers on the field once just to try to fill in those gaps. They didn't. And I think a lot of that might have to be in the pride that they have in the defense that they run in nickel. And I understand that. But when you're getting beat that bad, you got to try something to try to stop the bleeding. And the Buffalo Bills couldn't do it. They were outcoached in every single way. And I think that has to do with another thing is – if you watched the Indianapolis Colts, they put out a video that I believe ended up being in Hard Knocks, but it was definitely a video that came out from the locker room after that game of how hungry they were. You could tell that they went into that game thinking that we owed them something. The Buffalo Bills embarrassed them in the playoffs the year before, and they were coming into Buffalo to get revenge. And that was something that they had this game circled on their calendar. And they came into Buffalo, and they played hard. They were hungry. Those guys were dogs. And Frank Wright is one of those coaches that you just got to be like, yeah, man, he, he is a player's coach. He and the connection that he has with his players is absolutely great. And, you know, in that thing, you could just tell that they were hungrier than the Bills. And that game, from start to finish, the Bills weren't hungry. And I feel like that is a problem with the Buffalo Bills this year. Don't get me started on a rant. But I think that's the problem with the Buffalo Bills this year is they had the success last year. They were the hunter, not the hunted. And they felt like they had something to prove. Then they make it to the AFC Championship game. And then we get all the coach speak in the offseason of, hey, you know, we didn't, we didn't win the whole thing. Job's not over. Like, we have to come back. It left a bitter taste in our mouth. But yet, for some reason, the Buffalo Bills came into the 2021 season and are acting as if they are, quote-unquote, the top dogs. And, yeah, you won the division last year. That's great. You have the right to feel like you are the top dog. That is not a question like, yeah, you won the whole division, you swept the division last year, and that feels good. But you got to have the same mentality that that was last year. This year, you still need to be hunting for that Super Bowl. That's the thing. You're not hunting a certain team anymore, like the Kansas City Chiefs, who we could tell that this team was built to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but also just overlook the fact that some teams were also building to beat the Buffalo Bills. But you got to see this is that the Buffalo Bills came into the season thinking they were that. They're not hunting Super Bowl trophies. As Jacksonville Jaguars 
players were saying on the sideline that they could look over and see that the Buffalo Bills, they didn't want it in that game. They didn't want it. And I feel like that's how the Buffalo Bills coast through this season. Let's talk about the Saints game, right? In the Saints game, I wasn't impressed. And a lot of people are going to be like, oh, what do you mean you're not impressed, Jake? They won. It was a convincing, dominant win on national television. Yeah. But you want to know the one thing about the Buffalo Bills, like I said, this year has been ups and downs with the Buffalo Bills. You go up, and then you hit a new low. You lose to Jacksonville. But then you're like, okay, you come out, you trounce the Jets with Mike White. Okay, good for you. Then you get smacked by the Colts the next week. What is up with this Buffalo Bills team? Why can they not seem to put it all together and to get everything flowing to be able to have this momentum going into the future of the season to go into the playoffs? Well, guess what? They got a roadblock now, and that's the New England Patriots. Now, we'll talk about the Patriots game. I've got to you know, finish my thoughts on the New Orleans Saints. I was not impressed overall. However, there were some bright spots in the game, and I'm not going to sit here and act like that whole game was, you know, like, yeah, that's what we were supposed to do. No, there were some bright spots. I think Josh Allen did pretty damn good in that game, and I understand the interceptions. One was boneheaded, and the other one was just his arm got smacked, and that's how it got intercepted. I understand I kind of put that interception, even though it should have been a what whatever you want to say, if you want to say it was a uh, – a fumble and not a red zone interception you can say that but just I put that one on the O-line Josh Allen you know needs to be a little bit more aware that's just an interception that happened look I'm not saying that you know Josh Allen is complete you can't sit here and put Josh Allen on a pedestal like oh he threw in two interceptions stuff interceptions are a problem with Josh Allen right now and that is apparent but Josh Allen I think looked pretty good on the national stage Ed Oliver beast of a game at Oliver you can't put it past him he boy loves to play on Thanksgiving and you love to see him I wish I had seen him eating a turkey leg but you know what I understand the three stars of the offense got it with Knox Allen and Diggs uh one of the things is too I think Dawson Knox looked good going to be and I'm going to say right now the greatest tight end at least in the record books for the Buffalo Bills after this season and of course Matt Breida being thrown in with Zach Moss being inactive. I cannot tell you how much I celebrated when I saw Zach Moss being inactive. And I know you hate to see somebody that you drafted being inactive, but guess what? When it came to what is going to be the production of the running back room this year, Zach Moss wasn't cutting it. He wasn't doing anything special. And Matt Breida was sitting there in the few touches that he got. He was showing that he deserved to be in that starting lineup. And the more snaps that he got, the more opportunities he's going to get going forward as they keep giving it to him. As long as he keeps excelling, Matt Breida will be in the starting lineup and Zach Moss will not be. And I like that because I think uh, Matt Breida brings something dynamic to the running back room that the Buffalo Bills don't seem to have. I've always said that I think the skill set between Moss and Singletary are kind of, you know, redundant. I think they kind of do a lot of the same things. And Zach Moss hasn't done anything to prove that he deserves the starting spot. You don't just get the starting spot because you were drafted by the team. That's not how that works. And I think the O-line looked definitely better. Of course, we lost Spencer Brown again for those games. And look, I understand we lost Spencer Brown due to COVID-19 and then the same O-line that walked out against Jacksonville 
had to go play against these teams. And look, I, I think they did pretty damn well against the Saints, obviously. Uh, the Saints having one of the better defenses in the league. And, you know, people can sit here and be like, oh, well, they were missing all these players. Yeah, that was mainly offense. But on the defense, they were kind of mainly intact. So I'm going to give the O-line its props there. But that leads us into Patriots week. And I don't think I can stress to you guys how important this game is. Obviously, if you've been on Twitter every single day, it feels like a slow crawl towards this game happening on Monday night football. And I understand it's killing me too. I'm sitting here recording this podcast and just talking about it makes me, man, I just want the Buffalo Bills to smack the New England Patriots. But let's talk about this game. What does this game really mean? Well, like I said, the Buffalo Bills went into this season thinking they were going to be the top dog in the AFC East. And guess what? So far, they have swept the Dolphins and they have beat the Jets and they do get the Jets at the end of the year. And I do kind of expect them to have the same result against the Jets as normal. But they shouldn't have just expected walking into the season that a team that still had Bill Belichick is the GM and head coach and Josh McDaniels and a defense that you know a Bill Belichick defense is always going to be good. You cannot sit here and think that you were going to come into the season and just steamroll them like they did last year. I'm sorry. Even last year, we didn't steamroll them. We did that in one game. The only reason we won the first game is because Justin Zimmer, a dude who at that time just came off the practice squad that we had signed to be able to fill in at a position was able to come in and get a strip on Cam Newton at the end of the game to win us that game. Look, we did not dominate the Patriots last year. Obviously, we did in the second game. But look, if you don't think that that team is fired up and ready to come into Buffalo on Monday night and try to prove something, they're already being talked up by the rest of the media world. And, you know, everybody's kind of forgetting about the Bills. And look, I like that as a fan. I kind of like that the Bills are being looked over because maybe the Bills players will see that and be like, man, we maybe we're not those top dogs anymore. Maybe we are now the hunters now that the Patriots are at the top. Look, this team knows that they're good, and I think that's part of the problem with them is that they know that they are good and they use it, and it's a detriment to them, maybe mentally going into some games. But look, these New England Patriots, the way that Bill Belichick is able to instill a mindset into his players is look, even though they are ahead of us and number one in the AFC East, they know that they still have to beat us. They know that we are still that guy until they beat us. They don't sit there and go, oh, we dominated them for 20 years like some of their fans do. They don't sit there and go, oh, we dominated them for 20 years. We deserve this game. Look, no, you go into this game like, hey, the Buffalo Bills, they're still a scary good team. The Buffalo Bills are scary good, and so are the New England Patriots this year, even though I think the Patriots kind of benefit off of having a third-place schedule from last year, but that's neither here nor there. They still had to play some teams that we thought were damn good this year, and then now, you know, in, in hindsight, it's kind of like, okay, they beat the Chargers, but that's about it. And the same can be said about the Buffalo Bills. Everybody that they beat, when they play good teams, we've lost. And the Patriots have kind of had the same thing. They played Dallas. They lost. They played the Buccaneers. They lost. Look, the Buffalo Bills have in this time span that they have right here of these next couple of games to prove that they aren't pretenders. 
to prove that they are still Super Bowl contenders and that they can go and handle business against the Patriots, be able to take the division back by a grip and let the Patriots have to fight back to try to get it while they have to still play Miami at the end of the year, which don't even get me started on Miami. They're actually on a roll, and I think that team could be one of the ones that would you know, be a loss on New England's, you know, another loss on New England's record this year, which maybe their fans don't want to believe it. And I have seen a ton of them. They're like, the Dolphins aren't going to beat us, even though, you know, they are a Damian Harris fumble away from losing to the Patriots at the beginning of the year. I think this is a different Dolphins team that you see. And the Patriots, they know, they know that it's not just going to be given to them. They don't think they're going to waltz into Buffalo and just, trounce us and it's same old bills anymore it's not that there's never been a period in time where the bills and the patriots have both been good teams there really hasn't been when the bills were dominating in the 90s the new england patriots were one of the afterthoughts of the league kind of how you view the jets right now is kind of how the new england patriots were at that point and then the bills weren't good anymore the patriots dynasty rises 20 years bills never good in that time span i know as bills fans we want to say there were some good teams in there and there were but they weren't anybody that was going to be on the level to beat new england that is just fact but now this is the first time where the Bills and New England both have good teams. And now it's about the Bills proving that they're not just going to be some one-year wonders, kind of like how the Miami Dolphins won the division one year when Tom Brady was injured and Matt Castle was the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. Look, I'm sorry, but the Bills have to win this game. This is a must win for the Buffalo Bills because right now, the New England Patriots are playing with house money. They don't risk anything. Losing this game, they are still up. And yes, they have a bye next week. So they could fall, I believe, like a game back. Look, here's the thing. The New England Patriots, they're in the lead right now. And right now, they're just trying to keep it. And the Buffalo Bills are that team that needs to try to take it from them. But let's talk more in depth about what the Buffalo Bills and mainly what are the New England Patriots doing right? Well, Mac Jones, and I know a lot and a lot of Bills fans, you know, hate seeing that the national media is hyping up Mac Jones. Look, you can't deny it. Mac Jones is doing really well in the system that he's been put in. They're not asking him to do all that much, and he looks better than all of the other rookies that came out in the class. And it only helps that Bill Belichick in New England, who had a dynasty for 20 years, are the minds behind Mac Jones right now. I understand that. The media is going to lap that up. Right now, the Boston market and the New England Patriots have been money printers. And basically, everybody's interested when you're talking about the Patriots because it's kind of like the 49ers back in the day when they went from Joe Montana to Steve Young. It's kind of like trying to see. Now, I'm not saying Mac Jones is Steve Young, but what I'm saying is it's a dynasty that now has a player that's playing good enough to get them in contention again. While it hasn't been very far removed from the last time they had somebody who is now going to be regarded as the GOAT at quarterback. They are now had a one-off year and now seem to be back in kind of a driver's seat. And they're going to lap up Mac Jones. It's all about the quarterback. When they talk about it, they talk about the defense. And, of course, you're going to sit here and go, well, of course, yes, the defense. They're good. But how about that Mac Jones? Now everybody's going to want to hear about Mac Jones. And, look, he's not – what the media is portraying him to be. Obviously, there's pundits in the media that are going to spin it as if Mac Jones is the second coming of Tom Great Tom Brady. I've heard it already. Oh, we've got the baby goat. Like it's it's not, 
you can't put those labels. Obviously, they do that because it gets clicks, drives talk, and more people tune into the show. But in reality, Mac Jones is not great. He's not some kind of world builder, world beater, may I say. He's just good. Mac Jones is just doing what they're asking him to do. Like he is being set up for success. When you look at the New England Patriots, and we'll talk about this more when I talk with Adam and the teams that the Bills have lost to, when you look at the New England Patriots right now, what is really their identity? They can run the ball. They got Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. They're able to hand the ball off, smash it down your throat, and their defense is able to make you beat yourself and create turnovers to be able to keep you out of the game. And they take advantage of it. That's what the New England Patriots do. That is what their identity is this year. They're not some team that, yes, I understand they've driven up the score on some bad teams, so now their point differentials up. They look like that. they're not the Kansas City Chiefs offense. They're not the Buffalo Bills offense. They're not one of those teams, but they're still good, and Mac Jones is good, and half of his yards come from yards after catch, which means at the point that the receiver catches the ball the yards he gets after that do get counted for mac jones but that's not mac jones throwing some 70 yard bomb or anything that's him throwing a 15 to 20 yard pass which then turns into either a 70 yard touchdown or run whatever so yeah half of his yards come from that he's not creating that with his arm and some of the throws that he does throw over 20 plus yards they get intercepted there's some plays against the tennessee titans where if you're a bills fan i know you were watching that game hoping that the tennessee titans were going to do us a solid and be able to take out the new england patriots even though the patriots faced their jv team because it seems the buffalo bills are the only team in the division that's allowed to play the tennessee titans at full strength but in all reality there were a couple throws in that game that mac jones should have been picked off even more than he was in that game there was literally a pass to Kev kendrick Bourne, which then fell into his lap because kevin byard instead of making a play on the ball missed trying to swat the ball when he was in coverage and i am just praying that mac jones tries some stuff like that on the buffalo bills secondary i'm sorry kevin byard he's a decent player but he's no jordan poyer and micah hyde try to throw a dangerous ball like that against those two safeties, it's not going to end up the same way. So I think that Mac Jones, you know, might be one of those things. They always say that the Patriots win by letting you beat yourself. The Patriots can still beat themselves, And I think they know that. And I think a lot of people are expecting the New England Patriots to come out and hand the ball off about like 40, 50 times and just run it down the Buffalo Bills throat. But I wouldn't be surprised with the loss of Trey White that the Buffalo Bills had that he sustained on Thanksgiving, I wouldn't be surprised if the New England Patriots come out and immediately attack Dane Jackson or Levi Wallace in this kind of banged up secondary that still has two decent safeties. Obviously, we've got the best safety tandem in the league, but Levi Wallace, I've always said he's a good CB2. I think you can upgrade from that, but CB1 Levi Wallace, that is Levi Wallace is not CB1. I'm sorry. And Dane Jackson, again, couldn't beat. Levi Wallace for the job this year for CB2. And that's got that that rubs me the wrong way. I don't know exactly how he's going to come out. Now, obviously, I think our defensive backs coach is one of the best in the game. Our secondary has been always one of the best when it comes to points and 
like how they are ranked in the league. And look, that's something that New England's good at too, man. If you look at the Buffalo Bills and it's like, oh, the Buffalo Bills are number two in a defensive stat, then the Patriots are one. Or if the Patriots are two, the Bills are one. These are two great defenses that are going to be playing against each other. Now, the Bills are slightly handicapped, and the Patriots might be as well with Kyle Duggard now going on the COVID-19 reserve list. But this is a game where these two teams are the Buffalo Bills overall are the better team. They have the better talent on both sides of the ball and they should be able to get this done. But I'm not sure there's always that thing. And I know it comes from being a bills fan for a while is that the Patriots, I'm just worried about them. And I think most of you are too, but We'll talk about that more in the second half when we talk to my brother, Adam. So make sure to stay tuned for that. You have been listening to The Lowdown on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jake, and I will see everybody in the second half. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. And joining me in the second half of this beautifully marvelous rant of a show that we've had so far are my two brothers. Yes, I know in the first section I said I was going to get my brother Adam, but uh, somehow that also turned into both my brothers here. So you can never be mad at that. Brother Adam, Brother Bryce, how are you guys doing? doing pretty good brother jake <laughs> yep me as yeah, well this, brother jake this is a this is a cult now we we, re, we refer to each other as brother yes brother adam uh but no so obviously you know i'm gonna get your guys's thoughts on some of the games that happened before the one that's coming up obviously everybody wants to talk about the game that's coming up and there's a ton of stuff to talk about but I want to get your guys' thoughts now. Obviously, the Colts come into town, and they absolutely smack the Bills. Like, it wasn't a question. I don't think we had to say Like, it was a massacre. So, Bryce, your thoughts coming up before we even touch the Saints game. What were your thoughts coming out of that Bills-Colts game? Uh, I think our defense got exposed, and that it, it made us look soft. Made us look soft. real soft. Soft. Okay. I'm I'm glad you, you brought that up. I do actually want to talk about that. That is something that I want to bring up. Uh just just coming out. I, I ranted about it a little bit. Adam, what did you think coming out of that Colts game about the Buffalo Bills? What did you what did you take away from that? Oh man. So many things. Um <laughs> one, uh I think you and I talked about it a little bit offline once. Uh right after the game but uh so you kind of know a little bit of my feelings on this but i mm-hmm. felt like we got beat before we even got on the field because i felt like we got out coached we we talked about it leading up that they knew what they needed to do on the field in order to compete in that game and they did all of the opposites of that mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just all three phases of the game they came out flat they didn't look like they wanted to be out there at all. <laughs> you know what's crazy is that both of you guys, and you guys haven't, obviously you haven't heard my show because I just recorded it. The two things 
I have written here for Colts quick thoughts. The first one, soft defense. And my second one was out coached. So thank (laughs) you guys for thinking exactly the same as me. Obviously we all have kind of talked about this throughout the week. So, you know, it's probably not as, it's probably not a surprise that we all kind of have the same outcomes. Uh, One of the things that it made me bring up, especially I want to, I want to hark on the soft, the softness of that game. Uh, It made me think about the Jacksonville Jaguars game, which apparently, you know, obviously we all went to Uh, and the Jags players said that I I forget who it was, Shaquem or Shaquille Griffin, whoever's on the uh, Jaguars now uh, looked over at the sideline and said, the bills didn't look like they wanted it. And I feel like that that's something that seems to be a trend. Now, obviously we'll talk about the saints game. And how I I don't it didn't impress me at all. I mean, there's a few bright spots in it, but in reality, it didn't really impress me overall. Um, but when you guys think about just the softness of this team, right? Do you think the Bills coming into this season, even though they were, you know, saying like, "Hey, you know, the job wasn't finished. It left a bad taste in our mouth. We didn't get to the Super Bowl." Do you think that was all coach speak? And do you guys really? Think, like are the bills soft now are do they just think that they they know that they're good and they say they know they're good do you guys think that that makes them soft when it comes on the field because they think they're better than most people adam i'd like to get your thoughts on that um my biggest thought on that is that i don't think the right word is soft i think it's that we're more of a finesse team Mm. they took us from that blue collar underdog team to this you know high powered offense take away defense you know the flashy finesse they built Mm. us to compete with the chiefs that was our sole goal was to take down the chiefs so they tried to add speed, they tried to add, you know, big playmakers, and when you do that, you don't always have those dogs in the, in the, that are going to get in there and just do the dirty work and fight dirty, and, you know, I, I think that they've just kind of changed the dynamics of the team, and then the other part of that is where I think the not necessarily soft comes in, but the the team, I don't want to say they got big heads, but I think that no matter what, when team when they're talking about you all offseason as a Super Bowl contender and you're just coming off a season where you make it to the AFC Championship game, how could you not get a little bit of that swagger and that confidence that you're the guy, you guys have yeah. made it, you're that team. The only problem is we've never been that team – in the recent years with this roster, we've always been underdogs. So we don't know how to play with that mentality of, hey, we're going to get everybody's best shot week in and week out, no matter how good or bad the team is. And you have to be ready to show up. And and so that's why I think it shows up on the field as soft, so to speak, because there's just been weeks where we don't show up ready to get the other team's best. Yeah, 
and I I I feel like that maybe we we kind of put a little bit more pressure on it now because you know usually when it when a game like the Colts game happens if it's the Bills a few years ago you know it's not as huge of a deal like obviously you're embarrassed as it is now that you're kind of being put in that you know atmosphere of being a Super Bowl contender and people view you as that so I feel like now it kind of makes a loss like that feel way more important and that's that's something that I think you're uh harking on there is now that we're no longer the underdog and we kind of are that guy at the top I don't think this team is 100% prepared to be that team that's there to get basically every team is looking at their schedule and they're circling you on their schedule. And I don't think that the bills are 100% ready to be that, but I think that they could be, but I think right now it's just a little too much and they haven't really shown that Bryce. Do you think them having big heads has any correlation to possibly being this label, which you brought up first of being soft? Um, no, I don't really think it's uh big heads. I think, I think now that we have that such a high powered offense, that they kind of they kind of rely on that a little more than they used to when they knew they had to, that we needed the defense to win the games and all that. Now they know that we can win games by just offense if we need to, and so I think they kind of rely on that a little too much now. And in critical situations, they just they just don't get it done okay, against the so, run, especially. Okay. All right. And of course, we'll circle back around and talk about that when we talk about the Patriots and the run and the defense and how the Bills are playing against that. But yeah, I mean, I I I could I could see that 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 that's definitely something that I need to one hundred percent go through, especially now that you know it's it's not exactly that they're relying i i, I don't think that they 100% rely on the offense uh i i think that that could be a big possibility that they go hey you know if we let up a little bit here our offense could get it done i think that could be exactly. kind of a reason why they're playing soft uh i i just don't know i i feel like i can't look at a Sean McDermott team or even a Leslie Frazier defense and think that they still think that I think that there's probably just maybe injuries have to play with how, because I, I, I would like to say that our defense is, you know, elite. If you want to look at certain factors, you know, whether they're number one or number two in most categories, yeah. I think that the bills defense, you know, they got called soft because that's how they played that day. But I think most days, uh, you know, when they, when they come in, they try they play hard. I just think some days the game plan, like Adam said, I think they got out coached that day and I think it made them look soft. And I think that, you know, the team maybe just mentally isn't one hundred percent there to be like, hey, when they're getting their ass whipped, like in Jacksonville or, you know, say against the Colts, that, you know, something just doesn't seem to be there. And obviously I don't know what could kickstart that. Maybe it's a player who still has that dog mentality like like we've but seen they're doing it they're mm -hmm. doing it uh they're showing out against the bad teams as they should mm -hmm. and whenever we get against those like real teams that 
Yeah, oh god, yeah. No, that bro, I don't even want to think about that anymore. But like <laughs> Tennessee, like games like that Jacksonville whenever we mm. need them to show up because of the running game. It's like they they can't do it. So it, it's like they've been doing it against the bad teams, but when we when we need them to do it, that's when they can't get it done. Oh my god, I love you so much. You are like you basically just gave me a segue into the Saints talk and uh, why I was not impressed at all by the Buffalo Bills beating the Saints. Obviously, yeah. most fans look at the game and they go, "Oh, we lost bad to uh, we lost bad to the Colts." But then we got that taste washed out of our mouths a few days later. Obviously not me because, you know, I, I, I look at it a little bit more critically than most right. people do, as do you guys. We have conversations like that. But when I see them just go out and they get beat by Jacksonville, which makes no sense, and then they go and beat up on the Jets, I don't go, oh, all is forgiven. Like, yeah, I, exactly. I, 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, when I see – them get smacked by the Colts. Yes, a dominant win on a Saints JV team was great on Thanksgiving. I love that. But it didn't make me forget that the Bills against a great Colts team who we all knew eventually was going to get it together, and they did because of their yep. coaching and their players. Like, the fact that that team came in and they were hungry, and if you watched Frank Wright's press conference after it, they went into that game and made it sound like the Bills owed them something for what happened to them in the playoffs last year. Like, mm. when I see us beat the Saints, I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but can you please beat somebody that it actually matters? Yeah, like, exactly. the only team that we've beat this year that actually matters, which at the time they were writing off saying, like, oh, well, the Chiefs are just bad. Well, now the Chiefs actually look like the Chiefs. So I think that, you know, we have one good win on our schedule. One that I can be like, oh, yeah, that was a great win. Like, if we win yeah. the Tennessee game against Derrick Henry with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, like, that's another game where I'm like, that would have been a good win. But we didn't yep. win that game. We didn't pull that one out. So when I see the Bills beat the Saints, I don't go, oh, yeah, oh, we're all good now. No, like, that's the reason why – most of us are all still worried going into this game against the Patriots because Bills fans know that when we've played good teams, we don't just go out there and smack them like you would yep. assume that we would. So, guys, what do you think? What did you think of the Saints win? Obviously, I think there's a few you know sections of it that we can go and be like, oh yeah, this guy really showed out. I I liked what this guy did against it, but it was against a team that was basically just you know playing whoever they could find that was still Dawson Knox's real coming out party in that game. Okay. We'll talk about it, Bryce. If, uh, are you impressed by the game? And if, whether you are or are not, what players did you look at the game and go, damn, that was, that was great. That was the one highlight of the game. Well, well, there's uh there's the one defensive guy that me and you talked about like all week that we were like, he should have been eating a turkey leg. And that's Ed Oliver because yes, he sir. just floods the backfield. Like the all season he's been doing it. Like he doesn't have the sack numbers, but he's always in the backfield. Mm -hmm. He's the one causing them to 
the quarterbacks to get scared, run away, and get sacked. That's what Ed yep. Oliver's doing. And uh, no, but yeah, Dawson Knox too, man. He would have went for three touchdowns, but that one got called back. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it was for. Was it a uh, legal man downfield? Yeah, because yeah. they that was like a play where it actually was supposed to be a screen and Breida yeah. ran the wrong way. So all the offensive linemen went the other way, and then it just ended yeah. up Josh yeah. Allen just improvised and threw it to Knox. Yeah, but he's been – man, this season for Knox, dude, like it has been been one one to remember for tight ends. He's – like he already – that game the, made him the best tight end in Bill's history. I I right think there. so. I, I said it in my uh, – first half of the show i said by the end of the season dawson knox will be the best tight end that the buffalo bills have ever had oh yeah in a single season that is i i don't think that that's a question he leads the league in and t- touchdowns by a tight end like the dude is going off and he missed a few games because he had his hand exactly broken. so yep. like let's and he's throwing touchdowns with a broken yeah hand, he's like. throwing touchdowns with a broken hand look i love him i'm so glad that obviously we all three of us actually had a podcast earlier in the summer when we picked up Jacob Hollister and we were all like, yep. Oh yeah, I, I, I like Hollister. And we were all kind of, you know, sitting, we were all down on Knox because we just didn't know what he was going to be. And I'm Knox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah stone exactly. hands. But then he, he went to tight end you boys. He got he rid to, of the stone hands. Yeah. He, he went to tight end university and sat in front of a jugs machine Yep. And finally, you know, it's worked out. And obviously year three is usually the year that they say tight ends break out. And I guess that's been proven because Dawson Knox, who, you know, came into the year and we didn't have high expectations for him. Dude's blown it out of the water. And I think yep. we should extend him after this year. So uh, I, I think that's a good thing. Adam, when you look at that Saints game, one, were you impressed by the win or was it just something that you could write off? And what were the things that you did like about that game? I was actually pretty unimpressed because okay. I thought we struggled pretty early on in the game and we shouldn't have been struggling whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of brought up something earlier that it, it kind of relates to this, and that's that Tennessee game. You said, you know, if we win that game, I, I started thinking about it, and it's like that's the last time I saw the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the last time we were – full strength and we executed like the team we expected to see all year long and for some reason i don't know what happened after that game it seems like it it like broke the team because i i feel like ever since then even the games where we have had these blowout victories like the saints and the jets it's like i don't feel good about it because i see a lot of mistakes still i see a lot of three and outs i see a lot of blown coverages and missed opportunities where you know a penalty will save us or you know Mm. uh, a bad pass even though the guy was wide open or i just see a lot of that stuff and it's like you get into the playoffs and you play mahomes again or you play they're just gonna you play justin herbert oh my god they'll tear us apart yeah matt burrito um, gave me a little faith too during yeah that Saints here, game. here's here's my other thing though mm. i'm impressed by burrito i think that he changes our offense a little bit because he brings a little bit of that 
speed threat out of the backfield. And I'm impressed that despite being double covered like 80% of the time, it seems like, Diggs is finding a way to be Diggs again Yo. and just get open. And even when he's not, he's still coming down with the ball. So those are the two players that really, you know, because you guys already touched on Knox, I won't, I won't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you know somebody that we've ragged on for years that's actually, you know, I was impressed with him in the Saints game and a couple other games now. I've, I've been watching him really closely. And, you know, as much as I, I rag on Levi, we're going to need him big down the stretch. And he's been stepping up. He's been making quiet plays. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm hoping that he can be just consistent enough to where we can hold down the fort in the secondary while we don't have Trey. Yeah. Uh, if anybody we still got actually, our safeties. Yeah. If anybody actually uh, list, listens, right? Like I, on every live show that I do, and everybody kind of considers me like a Levi hater. And it's not <laughs> even that I, I like hate Levi. It's not that. I think he's a good CB2. I mm-hmm. but it's C if Levi Wallace is your CB one, you have a problem. Yeah. And yeah. you know, obviously that doesn't account for Trey White going down. You don't expect that to happen. But you know, I feel like that they should have players. Obviously, when a guy like that goes down, you're not expecting someone to come in and play at the level of Trey White. But when you see, to see a lot of zone. <laughs> yeah. When I see Levi go there, my real problem it's not with levi having to be cb1 now which i feel like is going to be a problem but you're going to see a lot of zone and obviously our defensive backs coach and leslie frazier they're one of the best like best coaching staffs in the league they'll be able to make up for it there's plenty of other teams that have lost star players that have been able to you know be able to deal with it with lesser players in there that being one of our opponents coming up this week too when they lose players it always seems like the next guy up just the system they're able to run, it actually works. But my problem is the depth behind Levi being Dane Jackson, who obviously, you know, we we know Dane and we kind of thought he was going to unseat Levi Wallace. But then when all reports came out in training camp, it kind of seemed like Dane couldn't get the job done. So now Dane Jackson is your CB2. And I I have no idea exactly. Like, I feel like that falls on the organization not addressing the cornerback problem. And I think that Levi is going to be able to get it done. I really feel like, and when we talk about the Patriots game, uh, I'll hark on it a little bit more. Uh, One of the things that you guys too brought up, I'm just going to look at my notes here again. What can I say that really impressed me in that game? Uh, I have Brita here. I have Diggs. Oh, wow. I also have Ed Oliver and, who else? Oh, Dawson Knox. So you guys basically covered every single thing I had on there, except the O line in that in in the Saints game, man. I was surprised because we decided to roll out basically the same O line that we did against Jacksonville, and that had all of us crap in our pants. I know there was not yeah. one single Bills fan that was sitting there going like, "Oh, we're fine." Like after we saw what happened in Jacksonville, I thought the O line actually did fairly well. I saw uh, Chris Trapasso on Twitter 
put out a thing. Cody Ford actually played pretty well in that game, and that is not oh, something that I was that. expecting. I was not expecting to say, but I feel like that obviously some people are going to be like, oh, it was an inferior Saints team. Actually, their defense was pretty pretty much healthy. So that was one of the better defenses. So I was surprised at what our O-line did in that game. But again, it didn't. the, the game as a whole and the players having performances, that's nice. But the game as a whole didn't impress me because that's what the Bills needed to do. Like yeah. the Bills shutting out the Dolphins, that didn't impress me because they got mollywopped by the Steelers. And people, you know, can say like, oh, well, it was a blocked punt, blocked punt, whatever. My God, excuse me. But like, I I still feel that the Bills got outplayed all throughout that Steelers game. Then they go out and they beat the Texans and the Dolphins. And it's like, okay, that's all good. And then they beat the Chiefs, I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure exactly how our schedule lined up there. But I believe we went and yeah, no, yeah. So then we also play Washington. I would say that's a pretty decent win. Uh, but no, then we played Kansas City. And then we won that game. And it was like, okay, that's cool. But then we lose to Tennessee, which I still think if I was going to count Tennessee, I'd say that's a good loss. But then they beat right out of the bye. They beat the Dolphins, who they struggle against at the first. That's one of the things that I want to bring up, too, is I don't know why these games that we're in, even the Jets game that we played, they struggle in the first half. And then it's like they wait until the second half to put it on when it's yeah. like that's not really going to work in the later parts of the season going into the playoffs uh, if the Bills make the playoffs, which is something. Yeah, go down to Tampa about. and spot Tom Brady 20 points and see how that goes. Yeah, see how that goes. So, yeah, we're we're losing to teams that are good teams, and then we're beating teams that it's not impressive when you beat them. So I feel like this week is going to be the real show on what's going on, and obviously this week we are playing the New England Patriots. Guys, the Patriots are getting a lot, and I mean a lot, of love from the media. And one of the things that Adam brought up was no longer having that underdog mentality. And you know that the Bills pay attention to the media. You know the players see it. Do you think it's a good thing for the Bills to see the Patriots are number one in the AFC East, to see all of the national media, big talk shows, first take, first things first, uh, whatever, undisputed, them all talking about and picking the Patriots. Like, yeah, the Patriots are going to win the AFC East now. And now even saying that the Patriots are going to make it to the Super Bowl over the Bills. Do you think that helps the Bills, Adam? I'll tell you what. All of that is going to motivate them because you know, and we, we all know they pay attention. But you mm -hmm. want me to tell you what's going to motivate them more than anything? And if Sean McDermott is the kind of coach I think he is, what I is think that? he's going to walk in there and tell them that the New England Patriots that were supposed to just be – you know, mediocre at best this year, are favored to come in and beat us on our home field. Mm. Right now, they are favored. Last I saw, they were favored by two and a half points. Really? It switched, huh? Wow. They are favored to beat us in Buffalo. That wow. should piss them off. That is downright disrespectful. <laughs> If I'm
Adam, you got muted, pal. Well, Bryce. Disrespectful, huh? Yeah. He, he muted himself. Bryce, what do you, uh, what do you, th- I, th- I think Adam needs to learn how to unmute himself. Bryce, what, are, what, what are we thinking here? You think that the, the Bills seeing all this stuff is, you know, going to get to them and actually motivate them? Oop, oh, wait, nope, Adam's muted. back. Yeah, you muted yourself. You were in the middle of like a big, like, thing saying, like, big oh, old rant. A big old rant, and you muted yourself. You may yeah, continue, man. Adam. Oh, he's Adam's gone. Down. All right, Bryce. Does right. it motiv- does it motivate them? Let me know. Uh, yeah, man. I saw a. Uh, I don't know the legitimacy of the this tweet. I am not a sports analyst. Or anything like that. But oh, I just, saw a tweet. Uh, just for the record, too, uh, the Bills are still favored minus two and a half. Okay. Okay. Adam gave false information. He just had it um, switched up. That's it. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, no, but I saw a tweet that was like, um, he was in the locker room saying, yeah, we, we have to beat the uh, number one New England Patriots like the uh, first in the division New England Patriots like that's how he's addressing them hmm. to like get the players fired up I don't know the the legitimacy of that but I'm back, on Twitter. I got kicked out somehow it's oh, fine Adam would you like to finish your thoughts on the uh the New England Patriots that are are not I just looked at the point spread uh yeah the Bills I had it backwards still... I just looked yeah <laughs> We're favored by two and a half. But still, you you just hark on your point of the Bills seeing the Patriots being favored and now or not being favored, but being I mean, favored. They're being to, favored by the media. They may yeah. not be favored by the betting line, but they're certainly being favored by the media. And that oh yeah, the, the Bills in this game are underdogs, which is weird, but they are being considered underdogs. So how do you feel about that? Like, do you think that's gonna motivate this Bills team? I, I think it should, um, and in the past, it absolutely 100% should. But from what I've seen from the team so far this season, I I can't say that it will. I I think that they they this week we'll find out which team we have. And I think I think you're 100% right on that because, like I've been saying, I this game is so important. Not only does it kind of, you know, change the direction of the bill? I think it changes the direction of the Bills' season. It almost changes the direction of the AFC entirely because I believe some of the teams at the top aren't better. I think some of the two best teams in the AFC are in the AFC East with the Bills and the Patriots. And this game is so important on Monday night. Uh, but the, Weirdest thing is, you know, we sit here and we talk about, you know, the New England Patriots being all lapped up by the uh, the media, which, of course, after a 20-year dynasty, I related it to, well, of course, they're going to eat it up because I've already heard people calling Mac Jones the baby goat. I can't believe I heard oh, that. Yeah. 
I can't believe I heard that on television come out. Obviously, it came from a person who is a Boston pundit, but it, I kind of related it to the 49ers had with Joe Montana were a dynasty. And then after them, they got Steve Young. Now, obviously, I don't think Mac Jones is Steve Young, but what it is is the media, especially in the Boston market, is waiting for the next person to come up to be able to, you know, bring the Patriots back, kind of like how Steve Young and the 49ers were able to keep on going and keep that alive. And I think that, you know, they're starving for that. I think after you've had 20 years of content with the New England Patriots, you're just wanting that to come back. It makes things a little bit easier. Same old, same old. Uh, but Adam, the one person who's getting the most love out of it is Mac Jones. Uh, well, actually, I have deferred to Adam multiple times first, so I will get your your opinion first, Bryce. Uh, Mac Jones... They're, they're basically painting him to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. How are you feeling about that? Uh, I think the Patriots are still a run-heavy team, and they take their check downs. Like, but don't get me wrong, Mac Jones, I mean, I've seen him throw a couple deep balls that, that aren't too bad, but for the most part, he just takes his check downs. I think, what, he only has – a couple games where he's thrown for more than like 250 yards or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're getting most of their, their work done on the ground and on the defense, like capitalizing on the defensive plays in yeah. short yardage. I, I think you're a hundred percent. I think that, one, the New England Patriots are doing exactly what you're supposed to do with a rookie quarterback. I mean, did we expect anything less from them? Yeah. Like they get it's a good run game with a good defense and they're playing it safe. Mac Jones is not doing anything dangerous. Adam, is Mac Jones as dangerous as the media would like you to think though? No. <laughs> I, I, mean, we I talked I love about that. this at we talked about this at the beginning of the season when uh you and I and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago where I was saying I I'm I think that, you know, everybody likes to sit there and debate Brady versus Belichick, and because Brady won the Super Bowl, they say Brady proved that he's he's the better of the two. And I'm like, I honestly think it's a tie because if you watch what Belichick did with this team in the off season, you I I mean when we watched free agency, I knew exactly what he was doing. Mm-hmm. After he went and drafted Mac, in free agency he went out and just spent you know like a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. and put it all on the defense. And it's like, you knew exactly what he was doing. He's going out there, he's putting together, you know, trying to put together a absolute elite defense. He went out, and they have Damian Harris, who was already a solid running back, yep. and they get uh, another running back in Stevenson, and yep. they, have a, they put together a pretty solid O-line. And all they're asking Mac to do is exactly what you would want him to do. Be a game manager. Don't make mistakes. When you don't see your first read, take the check down. And they hand the ball off 40 times a game, and they play good defense. Because when you've got an elite defense that's going to take the ball away, and you don't turn the ball over, you're going to win a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 think you're, I think you're right with that. Obviously, we all kind of knew – what they were what they were planning on doing especially you know everybody was like uh 
well, Mac Jones, he's a rookie. Look, I think Mac Jones, his ceiling isn't very high. I think Mac Jones, his floor is game manager. And with the New England Patriots, that's all they need. Like, I, when they drafted Mac Jones, obviously I didn't sit here and go, oh my God, he's going to be Tom Brady. He's going to be cerebral. We got to worry about this guy. But I knew as long as he was decent, Josh McDaniels and that coaching staff say what you want, like about Belichick, the GM and how he drafts and stuff. But like they were able to build this team to be exactly what they needed for a rookie quarterback. And if you look at, again, we've said you, they hand the ball off 40 times to either Harris or Stevenson. It doesn't matter. Um, one of the things is I just will not sit here and have people tell me that Mac Jones is probably one of the best quarterbacks in the AFC East just because of how he is doing in now, obviously, if you want to just say he's better than Tua and Zach Wilson, I mean, but Zach Wilson's pretty awful. I, so. it, yeah, the bet, the back interception. We, we, we could, I, I don't want to talk about that. That was terrible. I don't know if it's as bad as the butt fumble, but it is close. <laughs> um, I, I think that Mac Jones is just doing exactly what he's being told to do, and that is just play mistake free football, which I'm sorry, but there are a couple plays in that Tennessee Titans game, that was like torture porn trying to watch that Titans Patriots game, because it just turns out that the Buffalo bills are going to be the only team to play the full strength Tennessee Titans this year in the AFC East. I guess that's what, what's going to happen, but they basically, I watched Mac Jones throw a bomb to Kendrick Bourne, which Everybody, like, I see it on replay. They're like, oh, my God, look at this throw from Mac Jones. And Kevin Byard, the safety for the Titans, who isn't a bad player in any regards, he is a decent safety, comes over, and instead of just grabbing this ball out of the air, he tries to swat it, and he misses this ball. And Mac Jones kind of just did one of those things where he looked down the field. He's like, oh, he's down there somewhere. And he threw it. If that's any elite safety, I'm talking Jordan Poyer or Micah Hyde, I'm begging Mac Jones to throw those kind of balls. Like yeah. that's picked off nine times out of 10. So Mac Jones too, he also benefits from everybody's like, but look at his yards. He has almost 3,000 yards, 2,850 to be exact. Look at him. He's so great. Look, 1,400 of his yards come from yards after the catch. That's yeah, I, was, I just saw that stat. Uh, they that put up is, a side by side of Josh and Mac. Yeah, that is crazy. That's, and I think Josh is like what? Uh, uh, he only had like air distance yards. Yeah, he only had like a thousand yards after catch, and he has yeah. over three thousand yards passing. Yeah, yeah. So Mac Jones really does benefit from after because if you look at the drop off of when you try to when he throws the ball over 20 yards, it's a very steep drop off. Everything is under 20 yards. And, you know, that's all that they're asking him to do. So I don't think Mac Jones is some world beater. Now I'm not going to sit here and say he's bad because I literally have, he's not God level, but he's good. I think he's good. And he's exactly what the Patriots need. They just need a decent quarterback to be able to run this scheme. And it's kind of an old school way of football where there it's a hard-nosed defense with a good running game 
And they're kind of just proven, and there's multiple teams this year proving that that still works in the league. It's really crazy how if you think of some of the teams that are the best, it was the Titans and the Colts, and now the Patriots all have dominant running games. And that also happens to be a part of the game that the Buffalo Bills seem to have a problem in being able to stop. Now, do you think that after what happened to them with the Colts, for some reason when they decided, hey, we're not going to even put three linebackers on the field once, even though Jonathan Taylor is killing them, do you think that they're going to just keep playing nickel and just hope that they're able to stop the run this time now that they've started the Tuvalu, or do you think they're going to change something and possibly sell out a little bit more to stop the run against the New England Patriots and make Mac Jones beat them? Adam. See, here's the thing. It's hard. My my biggest thing is we, since that Titans game, we have been super banged up. And mm-hmm we've been missing key players in every one of these games at a key position. And this week, we're going to get Star back. We're going to have Edmonds. We're going to have Spencer Brown back on the O-line. So, and we might even have Feliciano out there. He is practicing. They just have not designated him to return from IR, but I would assume he probably plays. So I would expect, because we've talked about this before, Everybody talks about how Henry tore us up. Henry didn't tear us up. Mm-hmm. Henry had one run, which Long should have been called run, back yeah. three different times for holding, mm-hmm. including right at the line of scrimmage. Yep. But the refs chose to ignore those obvious holding calls. Uh, mm-hmm. But other than that, he averaged like three yards a carry. Yeah. He didn't get anything. <laughs> so I expect to see a team that can stop the run at least in the first half. (laughs) Okay. What it's going to come down to is can we sustain our own drives? Because if we don't, if we do what we did against the Colts, where the Colts come down, get seven points after a big, long physical drive, and then we go and give it right back to them on a, I mean, Josh, they're a bad turnover, but Mm -hmm. we give it right back to them and they come right down and make it 14-0. You're putting your, you're you're asking a lot out of your defense because Mm -hmm. they're, they're going to get worn out fast trying to play that physical style football with the linemen coming downhill at them. And I mean, especially when it's cold and like I'm, I'm worried from the standpoint of more so the offense protecting the defense than I am about the defense itself, because I, we're going to be healthy. Star should be out there. Edmonds will be back. So if we want to play Edmonds, Klein and Milano on the field, we can, we have Mm -hmm. all three. I expect to see a different, a different game plan from Frazier this time around than against the Colts. I sure do hope so. Bryce, what do you think the Buffalo Bills do? Do you think they sell out 
to stop the run against the Patriots and make Mac Jones beat them? Or do you think they stay in their base nickel and they just kind of, you know, try to just let everything play out and try to take away both things or cover everything the best that they can while also stopping the run? What do you think? Uh, yeah, probably, probably, uh, I mean, I'm sure they're not just going to completely change their defensive philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, just from what I've seen, they're pretty stubborn with that. Um, so, yeah, I think what it really comes down to is just the offense, Josh not turning the ball over and making these interceptions like he's been making the past few games. Uh, and I and yet yeah, some of those they've just been on different pages, him and his receivers. But other ones have just been like, "What are you doing, dude?" Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, and we need to run the ball. We need to see what if uh, this will be a good game to uh, see if if Matt Breida can really can really produce against a good run defense, or even so, or even Devin Singletary. Like I'm yeah, not ruling. I mean, either of them out, especially after uh, the Patriots last week gave up 256 yards to a bunch of nobodies on the Tennessee yeah. Titans. We need it. And we need to have long drives. We can't just keep having, we need to keep our defense fresh. Yeah. This is a game that, and I'll get your take on this, Adam, because obviously we're, we're going to talk about the offense now against the defense. Bryce just, uh, brought up uh, Josh playing against this New England defense. I think that the one of the problems that I have with Josh this year is making some of these mistakes, maybe trying to force something that, you know, he should have just taken what the defense gave him or throw it away if there's nothing there, even just tuck it and try to get a few yards instead of trying to force something and possibly putting your team in a bad spot or giving up field position, especially to a team like the Patriots, where if you give them good field position, they're going to make you pay. That's one of the things that the Patriots have been doing all year is just making you beat yourself. And I'm kind of like Josh Allen. I believe the last, the last couple times he has played new England, he has, I believe a total of five interceptions. Mm-hmm. It is they they, they kind of know how to get to Josh Allen. Now I think that this game with it snowing, so I think this could be a different kind of game. Uh, and I would like to see the implementing of more running. I think this is kind of this game. Oh, if, yeah. it is, if it is going to be an inch of snow on Monday night football, I expect both of these teams to try to run the ball. Obviously, I expect the Patriots to run the ball. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised, too, if the Patriots, you know, come out and throw a curveball and throw right at Dane Jackson or Levi Wallace. You know, oh, just, yeah. Yeah, so – when I'm thinking about th- this Bills offense against this Patriots defense, I've seen guys come out and say, hey, look, the Patriots take away what you do best. Okay, so if they're going to cover digs, I'm sorry. I just cannot see a way that they are able to take away. Okay, they take away digs. Who are you leaving open? Who are you going to leave open? Are you going to leave Dawson Knox open? I don't think so. Are you going to leave Cole Beasley? Like, who are you leaving one-on-one with people? Are you leaving someone one-on-one with Emmanuel Sanders or Cole Beasley? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? I don't think that the Patriots are going to be able to completely shut down the 
the Buffalo Bills offense. I don't think that that's realistic. Uh, but I feel like this game plays into the hands of the New England Patriots defense because of the weather and everything. And obviously the dome debate is going on and everything like that. But I I think this Patriots team, if they're not number one in a category, they're number two right behind the Bills. So Adam, when it comes to the Buffalo Bills having to play this New England Patriots defense, what do you think is the best point of attack? <laughs> Did you happen to watch it's funny because of a lot of the things you just say. Did you watch Josh Allen's uh, press conference after practice today? Uh, yes, actually. I think I know what you're uh, referencing to. They asked him about uh, the weather and then how he w- feels about the stadium situation. Uh, yeah, just they, they asked him about taking care. He, he addressed the taking care of the football thing and how mm-hmm. he he understands that he's kind of been playing a little bit of the hero ball and mm. he talked about the game against New England where he had three picks and uh the Oh well that's crazy. And... I did not I did not watch the whole interview. So Yeah, I he talked about the back. game where he threw three picks in the in the first half against them and then he he addressed uh you know the whole weather situation and that's where I got a little worried because I really hope he's lying. <laughs> mm. Because they asked him, you know, would you rather play? Or are you worried about the blizzard? Or would you basically what are you rather playing? And he said, obviously, beautiful uh, weather. Mm. But he yeah. basically said, uh, um, the, I don't look at the forecast. That's why they brought me here to play. Because, you know, basically saying, I need to be able to play in whatever the weather is because I'm big and I'm strong and. You know, I Come can do all yeah, this. Yeah, play to Wyoming. I, I can throw the ball over the mountain, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, what worries me about that is he grew I up in like sunny California. Same, yeah, but I feel like that's the same damn attitude we took into the the Colts game, where it was like, yeah, we know it's going to be thirty mile an hour winds and raining and cold, but yeah. we'll just go out there and be our normal offense. And I'm like. I really hope that's not what they're thinking they're going to do against New England because if it really is, you know, I was looking at the forecast and it's supposed to be in the lower 30s. It's 80% chance of rain, which, you know, depending on the temperature is either going to be freezing rain or snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. and it's going to be windy and it's like, that's the Colts game all over again. And that plays right into all of New England's strengths. So from an offensive standpoint, I'm hoping that we're planning to lean on Singletary and Breda and try to sustain some of these drives and and let Josh not feel the pressure to go play hero ball. Because if they keep trying to line up and throw the ball like they have been, I'm, I'm scared because that's exactly what New England wants. That's playing right into what they want. They want us to try to force the ball down the field and get impatient so they can take it away. They want to run the ball on their side of things and keep it away from us. And they want us to, you know, go three and out and let us keep our offense on the field. So, or off the field. So, I, I, I'm worried that that answer kind of scares me because – that's not what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, man. I 
going into this game, obviously, you know, we, we don't want to show it, but we are worried, especially when it comes to what is exactly going to happen in this game. I think one of the things that worries me the most is the implications of it. And I want this to kind of be our final, you know, thing as we talk about is the importance of this game for not only the division, but for the AFC and the one seed and everything like that. Bryce. So Adam, you got this one. <laughs> oh, Adam's got this one. Yeah, I'm pulling into McDonald's. Give me a second. All right. Well then mute yourself. Um, Adam, when it comes to the importance of this game, we've talked about just kind of what, like, what we think is going to happen during it. What, you know, the strengths of both teams, what is, we think is going to happen, the weather, everything like that. We became meteorologists. But say that the Buffalo Bills lose this game. That What does that have going on the rest of the season? Does this game decide the AFC East? I don't think it decides it, but I can tell you what, having to go to Tampa after this, and then still having to go back to Foxborough, mm. this is the one we want to win. <laughs> we need to win this game because we don't want to have to rely on going to Foxborough and beating beating the Patriots in Foxborough in a couple weeks after having to play the the Bucks down in Tampa. Yeah, that that's not that's not what you want to rely on. <laughs> we need to and... go get the win now so that if you know, we stumble in Foxborough, you know, we split the, we split it 1-1 and, you know, battle it out for whoever has the best record at the end of the season. Because we, we, we finish it out pretty nicely with the Falcons and the Jets. So And then hope that the Dolphins beat the Patriots in the last game of the season. Hey, which the Dolphins are hot right now. That's, Their defense that's, is playing. That is what I said is that uh, the Dolphins team, I'm glad we don't have to beat them. At the end oh, of the, like I'm happy right that now, we've already played them. I mean, we woke their defense up. Yeah, that defense they, woke up against us in the second game that we played against them. They yeah, did. that that defense woke up against us and has just been tearing people up since. Yeah, and I honestly think that Tua hasn't been playing half bad either. It's he's been playing well. Yeah, they they yeah. figured out an offense for him, and it the, makes me the, think that there is a chance that say the bills do split with the Patriots, that if it did come down to that final week and we had to play the jets and they have to play the dolphins, I have complete confidence that the dolphins would beat the Patriots could beat the Patriots or have a pretty damn good shot at it. Is that game down in Miami? Yeah. Ooh, that would be great final game of the season wouldn't it just be great if the heartbreak for the new england patriots this year was a loss down in miami in the final week here's the thing though if the dolphins keep winning games they're gonna be in the hunt for the wild card yeah they've got they the could giants be. this week right i mean they're about to be back yeah. to almost 500 if they beat the giants yeah but i i don't know the dolphins i know are just gonna end up losing to somebody they shouldn't lose to and then Might be you this know, week against the giants with glennon at the helm it could be that the sky crane of a neck that that man has is ridiculous, <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I, I don't think this game 100% decides the AFC East, but I think it 
definitely, I think the second game against New England decides the AFC East. But that's just me assuming that I, I'm very afraid. I think worst case scenario with the Bills here is that they lose at New England. They lose to the Bucks, But then they come out against the Panthers, and they look great against the Panthers who have nobody. And then everybody's just kind of like, oh, is there hope? And then we have to go in and play the Patriots. I, re- I think we need to win this game. I think yeah, that, uh, and I, it's a, it's a must-win game. And and I hope McDermott is stressing, like that we, this is the one we have to win. Yeah, and I, I said it in uh, my first, the first half of the show is, I said, look, New England's playing with house money right now. They're number one in the division. You know, they, they're not, they're hot. They're on a six-game winning streak. Like if they lose this game. It's not like they're out of anything. Like I, they're just sitting here, and the Bills have everything to play for. The Patriots don't. Like the Patriots, if they lose this game, they still have their destiny in their hands. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like truly, if they lose to the Bills, now if they lose to the Bills twice, then it really matters. But for the Bills, I feel like this game, they need this game because yeah, if you do. lose to New England. The pressure is really on to where you need to win out. And with all that pressure on you going into the Bucks game, like, I, I I, don't know, man. Bryce, what do you think? Do you think this game decides the AFC East, or do you think it could go on a little longer? Uh, No. I was listening to what you were kind of saying. I, I kind of really agree with you. I don't, I don't think this will decide it at all. I think uh, – the next game is what will tell us if we if we beat them twice, it's over. If we don't beat them twice, then we're we're gonna be praying for the Dolphins, pretty much. Like, and I don't not, like that. <laughs> yeah, I know nobody wants that, so we better just go out there and kick their ass two times. Here's the other aspect of it, though. We kind of going off what you said, Jake. We need it more than they do, and we have everything to play for because. If we lose this game, we have been terrible against the AFC teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our AFC record is awful. It is. Compared to theirs. So if we don't win the division, man, we're going to be in trouble when it comes to tiebreakers and yeah. all that as far as seeding goes when we're fighting for that wild card spot. So more than ever, we need to win just because uh, winning the division is our best path to the playoffs. If we get into a battle for those last couple wild card spots, it's going to get a little dicey for us because we've lost to a lot of AFC teams. Yeah, and I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you guys more. I think this game, the importance of this game is not being misconstrued. I think that from everybody from the national media, I mean, I love the guys on Good Morning Football, and I listen to uh, Brownie and Tasker on One Bills Live every single day. Like, that, everybody knows this game is massive, and I don't think the schedulers thought when they scheduled Bills Patriots on Monday Night Football at the beginning of the year that it was going to be this big but now they're just sitting there printing money and they cannot wait. And everybody's laughing it up. But I love that if you look at every 
like all of the predictions. A lot of people think that the Patriots are going to win this game, and I think that favors the Bills heavily because the more people that doubt the Bills, it almost seems to be the more like I, I for us. It. I want us to go back to that. I want us it, to be called terrible. I want us to be called, you know, not a playoff team because mm-hmm. we play way better that way. <laughs> yeah, and I I think that the Bills play better when they are doubted and counted out and they surprise everybody. Like it doesn't surprise us. Like we know that from top to bottom, the bills player wise, maybe coaching is about tied when it comes to staffs, but like the players from the roster, top to bottom, the bills have the better roster. Like that's not a question. Like when it comes to player personnel on offense, if you combine offense and defense, the bills have a better roster. So there's no reason the Bills no reason why the Bills should not win this game. And it wouldn't surprise us if they come out there and whip the Patriots, right? Yep. But I think that in the I think that the Bills work best when they're being counted out and they surprise people. And that's kind of what I want to happen this week. I would love nothing more than to see the Bills just go out and absolutely shut everyone down, shut the hype up. It's over. Wrap it up. The Patriots, they're a good team, but, you know, they're not these world beaters that, yeah, they went undefeated in November, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be, you know, the Super Bowl favorites already. I, yeah. I, I, I don't understand that. So if you guys, do you guys have any final thoughts going into this game and what you hope comes out of it? Adam, I'll let you go first. Uh, my final thoughts are please don't embarrass us. Because, <laughs> yeah, the Colts game. Same. The Colts game about shattered my my heart. I I can't. I I want them to show up. If they lose the game, but it's close and it's a battle, I, I'll I'll be okay with that and I'll accept the outcome. I just want to see the team show up. I, on Monday night, when ESPN is literally calling this the biggest game of the year for all games not just because it's a divisional game they're literally calling it the biggest game of the year they're hyping it up as the biggest game of the year if we go out there and do what we did against the colts i i I might have to not go to work for the week (laughs) i have to work from home because i have a patriots boss and a a patriots employee (laughs) well bad combo i will be terrible for me I will throw out here as a final thought that if the Bills get embarrassed by the Patriots on Monday Night Football, the Bills will be officially pretenders, frauds. Yep, good thing it won't happen. Bills by 100, baby. Bills by a billion, (laughs) baby. Bills by a billion. But I, I will officially not, like, my confidence, like, you want to have confidence in your team. But I've seen too many times on the occasions this year where the Bills have lost against good teams and then they come out and they whip on teams that, you know, they they should. And I think that this is a game where if it's close, then I think a little bit about it. Maybe my opinion of the Patriots goes up more. But if they get embarrassed, if I see what happened in the Colts game against the Bills on Monday night, my confidence is almost completely shattered in this team because I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what could possibly 
be the issue. And I don't have confidence in them when it comes to the big games. If indeed they do, I, I think they do make it. If they lose the division, they do make it in as a wild card. I'm not confident in any game we go against in the in the playoffs. And I I don't like that. I hate that that's what it is. But I think that the Bills are going to come out and they're going to show out on Monday night. We're not going to have to worry about any of that at all. But, guys, I want to thank you guys for joining me. It's actually super late. It's like midnight. So, you know, that's that's something that, you know, I love, you know, with us being brothers. It's been a while since we've all, you know, sat here yeah. and talked like this on a podcast form, not in person. We talk all the time usually. So definitely something to love there. But for everybody listening at home, I hope you guys enjoyed. Obviously, you can find me at Jake the Bills fan on Twitter. Adam, where can they find you? I believe I am Adam the Bills fan. <laughs> well, and I'm Bryce Jordan 99. There you go. Bryce needs to change his to Bryce the Bills fan. I feel I feel like that's like you have to do that. It's kind of like the thing. Yeah, I'll think yeah. about it. And then we'll make Dad a Twitter and we'll name his dad's Dad the Bills, the Bills fan. That's yeah. what it will be. But, yep, I want to thank everybody for listening to The Lowdown. I've been your host, Jake. This has been the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I will see all of you guys next week. Thank you.